So we are in this year of living life well. We have been exploring some practices that Christians throughout history and throughout the world have adopted into their lives to live life well, to get to know Jesus better. And And a few things as we jump into this kind of season that runs up to the summer. Brilliant. Well, this morning, we're kind of setting the scene for this run-up from Easter through till summer. And the phrase that we're kind of looking at this morning, but is, if you like, summarizing the whole of this kind of chunk, is this. Fight the good fight. If you've been around church, you will have heard this. But even the phrase itself has become part of our cultural norms, the good fight fight the good fight. And we're going to dwell a little bit on what that means. But looking at me, you will know I have never fought anything in my life. So I thought I would interview somebody who knows what it really means to fight. So I, this week, uh, did a little Skype FaceTime conversation with a guy called Darren Smith. Some of you will know Darren. Darren is our Mosley congregation. And he, you may not know, what he has done with his life. And we're going to watch this video, what his perspective on fight the good fight is. Why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, and you're into something called Taekwondo and Karate. What, what are they? Okay, so my, yeah, I'm Darren Smith. I've been coming to Riverside for well, quite a few years now. Um, yes, and I do Taekwondo and Karate. Um, and they're martial arts, um, mainly for sport pers- purposes that I do it. Um, and I get a lot of enjoyment from it. And what particularly, I know what Karate is, but what's Taekwondo? What, how do they differ? So most of the concepts between karate and taekwondo are quite similar. Actually, taekwondo is sort of an offshoot from karate, and it's Korean rather than Japanese. So to do both, it's not that different, to be honest. Okay, brilliant. Now, I know that you you don't just do these as a little bit of a part-time sort of hobby. You're actually quite good, aren't you? Uh, I'm I'm okay, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I quite a lot and I do quite well. Yeah. Tell me, you've you've recent well in the last few years you've won several trophies and things like that. Tell me. Yeah. Tell me well, then. well, I was going to say probably about five years. I was I was on a roll about five years ago and I didn't lose for three years. Okay. Um, during that time, I was British champion, English champion, um, came third in the world. Um, so I was doing okay and I came. Yeah. So yeah, recently just fought in the English championships and unfortunately I came third in that one, but. That's, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I yeah. yeah. So now, uh, this morning I'm thinking about the bit in the Bible where Paul talks about fight the good fight of faith, okay? For you, therefore, who actually is involved in fighting, how does that particular bit of the Bible, what, you approach it probably a bit differently to me because all sorts of things come into your mind about what fighting is. Do you unpack that a little bit for us? That would be helpful. Okay, so fighting, obviously, it's a physical, physical sort of thing. Um, uh, I always like to think that well, I know in the Bible a few times it says the Lord's a warrior, and I like that sort of view about God. Um, not someone that is holier than thou, that sort of stands there and prays, but someone that goes and does something, and I suppose I, I, that resonates with me. Yeah. So in terms of being a warrior and that sort of thing, um, you've got to be prepared. Um, people have got to run with you, and also you've got to have some power behind what you're doing. Um, I could say I could kick really high, but if I actually really couldn't do that... Um, then I'd look pretty rubbish. So I think um, a lot of practice, people around me telling me what I need to do to change things, because sometimes what I'm doing might not be working against the opponent I'm fighting. Um, 
I do pray before I go into a fight to keep me safe. Um, I remember when I used to do it as a child, I used to go, Lord, please, please keep me safe. Um, and it would be nice if I won. Um, I think I do that all the time. Um, and generally, yeah, it worked out quite well. And you said to me uh, a, a little while ago that um, there's a strange thing about the level that you're at is that even if you, for example, miss training a few times or whatever it is, because you're obviously you've got used to fighting, there is an element that when you then get back into a fight, uh, you quickly remember, a bit like riding a bike, really, you quickly remember it's almost the more you approach it as fighting, the more you kind of get into it, the more it becomes part of who you are so that actually the fight becomes easier. Is that right? Yeah, no, it's definitely right. My wife sometimes has a go at me, um, especially the last couple of um, times I've been really busy at work. Um, and then I say, I'm, I'm joining, well, I'm entering the competition to fight next next month and she'll go, we haven't done any training. And it's, well, it doesn't really matter because actually <laughs> the amount of training I've done over sort of years and years, it does come back to me quite quickly. Um, Obviously, I'm not saying I should miss training, but but in terms of it is true. Once you're used to it and you've been put in the situation, um, you're actually are confident when you're going in. It's very nerve-wracking when you first start, but then everyone's nervous. Yeah. I think that remember when you're going into something, nobody really knows what's going to happen. You're all nervous, and then just about two minutes before you think, "Why am I doing this?" Yeah. and then eventually you get into it, and then it sounds awful. But once you get hit once. You sort of forget all your nerves and everything else, and then you just get on with what you're doing. Um, so it is a bit like riding a bike. As soon as you're back in there, you sort of feel alive again, and you start thinking, okay, this is what I need to do. Brilliant, brilliant. Final question then. This is really helpful. Um, so that bit in the Bible where it talks about fight the good fight, obviously for you, there's an element of you coming, you approach a fight in a particular way. What does that mean to you, therefore, in terms of how... Um, uh, what kind of things do you think are involved in fight the good fight of faith? What what would the what are the kind of preparation the backstory for you? So the one thing is make sure you're surrounded by people because um, they can help you and point point you in the right direction. Um, ultimately, make sure you do your training. So read the Bible, pray a lot. Um, for me, a lot of it's about praying a lot, um, knowing that you're close to God, um, fe feeling. Feeling confident is always about knowing where, what you think God's going to do next or at least have a guess. Um, even if it's wrong, it doesn't really matter because um, it could turn out completely different and it usually does. And I think just trusting in God that whatever's going to happen is going to be best. Well, it's what God wants and sometimes uh, you might not think, oh, that's not the best for me, but it's definitely what God wants. And later down the line, you sort of realise, yeah, that was definitely good for me, good for me to learn. Um it is a quite, it's, it's, it's a, well, you find out more about yourself when you lose than when you win, actually. Okay. Uh, the more, because it's not nice losing, isn't it? It's horrible. It is horrible, and I feel quite depressed when I lose. But you start to work on, well, what do I need to, well, you know, start to realise areas which, which you may need to work on, which you didn't have to before because you were winning. So whatever you were doing before was fine. Whereas just in faith, when everything's going right, um, you sort of just carry on doing what you're doing because you're and it's, obviously as well I find it quite easy when I'm winning and, and in life to pray some people say it's really it's, but I might not be praying as fervently as if I was losing and I think sometimes you pray harder when you're losing than when you're winning um, I'm not sure that's always true but um, I tend to find that um, but always give the praise back to God um, always keep trying and also, also keep keep God with you. That's the one thing that I have to do with my fighting as well. It's the one thing that I probably do. I pray more when I'm fighting or just about to fight than I do. Um, it's safe if I wasn't fighting. I think it just moseying on. 
it's the same when I do any sport to be honest whether I'm playing football as well always pray before I started any kind of activity so keep Doug God with me sure. Darren thank you so much really really helpful great really appreciate that cheers brilliant it's funny when I first discovered that he was kind of national champion you suddenly look at him quite differently don't you I want to be his friend but fascinating I love this quote that he said right at the end I pray more uh, when I'm about to fight there's something about an approach to viewing things as fighting that actually gives you a posture of dependence upon God that is really really important and from this passage this morning, I simply want to, in line with some of the things that Darren's saying, draw out four very, very brief things about this phrase, fight the good fight, and how we therefore might approach it and what that might mean for our life. And the first thing is this. I think the scriptures help us to realize the important part is knowing who your enemy is. Uh, for Darren, I know in previous conversations, it's really important to know who you're fighting, to know how they fight, so that therefore you can fight better. And there's something within the scriptures about knowing the enemy that's really important. But the stunning thing in this passage, it helps us realize that the enemy may be far closer to home than we realize. We live in a world of conflict and division, don't we? I just the other day I was on social media. Somebody had written a statement about something and just reading through the comments where people are blasting into them, trying to undermine, destroy, critique, destroy their view of things. We live in a context in which everybody wants to be one up against somebody else, conflict and division. And it seems that we have no problems with viewing things as being a bit of a fight sometimes. But according to the scriptures, I think we've got the wrong end of the stick. Look at what Timothy is told. But you, man of God, woman of God, it applies to us, flee from all of this and pursue these. What he's being asked to do is to flee from something. And the context of the letter is really important. It makes it really clear about what he's called to flee. And just a few verses earlier, we read this about some of the leaders in his context that Timothy is supposed to be different from. This is what is said. These leaders have an unhealthy interest in controversy and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and think that godliness is a means to financial gain. What Timothy is being urged to flee is two things. An unhealthy interest in controversy, dissension, disunity, suspicion about people. And also to flee from those who think that godliness is a way to get comfort in this life. That is the fight that Timothy is called to. That is what he's called to flee. Fighting the good fight is knowing this enemy, which is sometimes way closer to home than we might wish. Because so often we think a fight is with other people. So we need to correct those that are different from us. Undermine those that we're envious of. Get one over those that we want to win. Timothy is told, flee from that approach. Fight number one. And fight number two is the idea that following God will lead to a life of comfort and ease through material things. 
fight number two. I don't know about you, they begin to hit home. Because when I pray, I often pray for a life of ease and to win. Timothy is told, flee from that. That's the fight we're in. I was reading the other day about some children, the the, the kind of mode that we're in in our culture today, and about how education and the whole setting in which children are not allowed to get hurt is undermining people's mental health as they grow up because we've never learned what it means to navigate pain and hardship in our childhood so that when we get to adulthood, we expect everything to go well for us. Fascinating. One of my heroes is this guy. Anyone know who this is? Does that have interest? This guy is a guy called Jean Vanier. Jean Vanier uh, is a Brit um, who uh, was in the military and then felt called to become a Catholic priest. Uh, And then through the years, he established a number of communities all across the world for people with cognitive disabilities and learning disabilities, in which these communities called the LASH communities or the ARC communities, in which people with complex disabilities and able-bodied people live together, not as carers versus those that need care, but as united people who are all involved in one community. And he's a legend in my eyes, and he's a legend in many people's eyes. And this is what one commentator says about him. Fascinating. Jean Vanier, where I see an enemy to be defeated, he sees a wound that needs to be healed. Fight the good fight. These people that are different, that differ from me, that's not an argument to win, that so I appear victorious. No, that's a fight we're involved with. So knowing your enemy, and that enemy may be closer to home than we realize. It may not be them out there. It may be me in here. Number one. Second aspect of fighting the good fight is this. Choose your weapons carefully. Because the weapons in which Christians, followers of Jesus are called to fight are not the normal weapons that our society might choose to use, which are weapons of destruction and undermining and division. Listen again to what Timothy is told. But you, man of God, flee from all of this. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. That word pursue means go after at great cost to you. It's not just a, yeah, I'll choose that little option. No, this may be sacrificial for you, but flee from all of this self-interest stuff and go after these things. And do you notice what these weapons are, the tools for the job in this fight? It's righteousness versus rightness, that idea that I've got to be right all the time. Pursue righteousness. Or faith versus fame. Something our society so often says is the goal of life. Endurance versus the easy life that we're so often presented through advertising and Instagram. Godliness against godishness. What do I mean by that? 
Well, that kind of appearance of godliness, but that doesn't have any real power, that, that we presume is good, there's good things happening, and we presume it's godly, but we know it's just a nice thing, not the real power of godly living. Or pursuing love versus lack. Am I somebody that fights with the tools of being lavish in my love towards those around me, or do I hold back from my care and compassion and affection? What about this one? Gentleness. Gentleness. I saw a great quote on social media the other day in which the person said, the older I get, the less I'm impressed by moral outrage and working on big humanitarian issues. And I'm more impressed by simple, gentle kindness, selflessness, and helplessness in small day-to-day -day interactions. It's so easy to have values and fight for humanity in abstract and not one-to-one. -one. Might I suggest that gentleness is one of the most radically countercultural things that Christians can do in our society? So are those my weapons? Don't know if you've heard of this guy. He's been in the news recently. This guy's name is Peter Tabici. And he won, uh, I think it was a month ago, he won the 2019 Global Teacher Prize. It's a competition, a global competition, in which people from all around the world are asked to suggest their teacher as being the best teacher in the world. They had 10,000 different suggestions of teachers, and this guy won it this year, Peter Tabici from Kenya. He's a Franciscan monk, 95% of his students are below the poverty line. He gives away 80% of his salary to his community projects. He won a prize of a million dollars by winning this prize, and you never guess what he decided to do with it. Straight back to the community that he was in to improving the school. Traveling to this glitzy ceremony in Dubai, hosted by Hollywood legend Hugh Jackman. It was the first time he had ever been on a plane. And Hugh Jackman's response to the whole thing and to Peter DeBici was, I was incredibly emotional, very moved by seeing this man. As a church, we long to transform Birmingham. What are the tools that we're going to use to do that? So often in our society, we presume that those tools are big transformation, changing a city, and we forget the simple acts of kind gentleness, the simple acts of love, the simple act of being righteous and godly in standing firm. And yet our society begins to realize that is the very thing that we need most. So whether that simple act is you in your workplace, just standing firm for Jesus and being kind and compassionate and gentle. Whether that's in a missional team that all the Riverside's involved with, sharing love and compassion to our community. Whether that's as a community group, choose your weapons wisely. Fight with the weapons of love, kindness, care, not opposition, disunity, and criticism. But do you notice something else? You man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness. That word pursue not only means at great cost. In the original language, that word pursue is used only for the context of doing it in front of other people. Done in an arena, like a sports star with Olympics kind of in front of a crowd. 
And what Paul is saying to Timothy is clear because he says it in verse 12. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. It was brilliant to hear Darren say that in his fighting, what was so important when he was in the ring fighting his opponent was all the people that would been around him who can correct him, help him, realize where he's going a little bit awry, showing how they might help him fight a little bit better. Friends, one of the greatest weapons to fight the good fight is in this room, each other. Just look around you. Actually, do look around you. These people need you, and you need them. Which is why there's some questions in this booklet right at the back about fighting the good fight. They're all about who are you fighting with? Who are you fighting for? We don't do this on our own, which is why groups and all that sort of stuff for communities are so important. One of the best pop songs, I think, in recent years is Ellie Goulding's song, Army. You may know that song in which the lyric is, when I'm with you, I'm standing with an army. That is true of church. So, know your enemy. Use the right weapons. The third aspect is this. Expect some knocks. I loved what Darren said. When you get hit once, it all becomes easier. Listen to what Timothy is told. Fight the good fight of faith. Can I just be really obvious? It is a fight. <laughs> and fighting is not necessarily easy. I've never fought a fight in my life, an actual kind of physical fight, but I'm guessing that if I was put in a ring with Darren, it would not be a pleasurable experience for me. Fight the good fight. This is hard, but it is still good. And so often in our society, we have bought the dream that if we just do this, if we just get this in my life, my life will be sweet. If I just have whatever the thing is we want or if whatever the particular perspective on life, then all will be well. And we've bought that into our walk with Jesus, presuming that if I do things right, everything will be easy. Well, I want to suggest we should expect hardship, expect some knocks along the way. Because did you notice? One of the things Timothy is called to is to pursue endurance. I was reading this week. Did you see the article? It's a fascinating article. To me, it was anyway. That apparently in our brains, making mistakes are good for our brains. In childhood, this article was saying, they've now, with kind of neurology, realized that making mistakes expands your brain, actually expands the capacity of your brain. And telling people and children that they've got something right all the time restricts growth in their brain. Interesting. Making mistakes is good for us. Why is it, therefore, that we find it so often so difficult to say sorry, to admit when we've messed up? One of the things that we're looking at this term is the whole practice of confession. Here's a question for you. Who knows your stuff? If the answer is no one, might I suggest you need to get somebody who does know your stuff because your fights 
will improve. It's hard work. And as Darren said in that video, when you get knocked, you realize you need God more. So expect some knocks. And the Bible passage goes on. Do you notice? Because there's somebody else that can give us a perspective on this. In the sight of God who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I keep charge you to keep this command. There is one who has gone before us and has endured. As the writer in Hebrews says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. When we're getting in the ring and battle is hard, look to the one who has suffered, who has endured for us. And therefore, those knocks that we endure, we begin to realize we're not the first to be hit by them. Jesus himself. So, friends, know your enemy. Maybe closer to home than you realize. Choose your weapons well, not the weapons of this world. Expect knocks, hardships normal. But there's a final thing as I come to a close. In fighting the good fight, don't worry about the result. (laughs) And here's the thing. For Darren, when he fights, and for most of us in the battles we face, so often we think the result is in doubt. So we've got to fight hard. Look at what the author says to Timothy. Keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the king above all kings, Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and lives in unapproachable light, who no one's seen or can see, to him be honor and might forever and ever. There is something ahead, a day ahead. Jesus endured the cross, dying for us. But then Sunday came where he shattered the greatest enemy. And so therefore, for us in the middle of the greatest battle, we have one who has gone ahead of us. The battle may rage right now, but friends, the victory is won. And so remember what Timothy is told. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. The battle might be raging right now. You may feel the knocks very, very real. But friends, the victory is not in doubt. The result is won. Jesus has won. And so therefore, we take hold of that and we put one foot in front of the other and keep on spurring each other in fighting the good fight of faith. Take hold, not let go. And I wonder if sometimes for many of us, the greatest battle we face, as I close, is the constant suck towards the temporary believing that this is all there is. And therefore, if this right now isn't going sweet for me, something's wrong. Maybe, just maybe, when we look back through the eyes of eternity, we say this right now is but a speck because we have one who has beaten even death. And so for all eternity, we will be in that unapproachable light with the one who's given his all because he loves us. That's a fight worth entering, isn't it?
So we can take a few knocks here and there because we know ultimately the ref's on our side, the victory is won.